For every successful creator project, there's an equal and opposite one that didn't happen. A sort of parallel universe of possibility that only its creator will ever know about, until now. And I'll be your guide as we speak with artists and innovators about the forking paths and roads less traveled that led to their creative breakthroughs. It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. It's The Bleed. I'm Daedalus Howell, talking to creative entrepreneurs on the cutting edge. Among them today is Andre Boyer. He's an actor, producer, and a chef. You can watch his culinary skills at work for Taste Maids Make This Tonight where he teaches audiences how to make amazing meals in 30 minutes. But that's just one of the secret ingredients in this guy's curricula vitae. He's an actor, and of course right now production has kind of slowed down due to the pandemic. So what does he do? He pivots and cooks up his own opportunities. Let's talk with Andre Boyer. So let's talk about your career, which is really interesting because it comes in multiple parts. And I think the foundation of it is you're a performer. You're an actor, right? Yes, sir. that in itself is a huge undertaking. It's difficult to break in. It's hard to make it. And yet you've had interesting roles, a lot of success. You've been all over TV. But it seems like you've also been able to take those skills and that experience and pivot it into your own thing as well. So let's start with the acting. When did you get the bug? Uh, I mean, I got the bug when I was a kid. I grew up overseas. My dad was a Marine. So I lived in Japan most of my life up till I was 13. So (laughs) I was watching like TGIF, Boy Meets World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all those Full House, all those shows. But uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air definitely got my attention. And of course, Will Smith was one of my inspirations to becoming an actor. So like you're in Japan and your conduit to American culture is Will Smith. (laughs) Will Smith, (laughs) Saved by the Bell, like you name it, Step by Step, Mr. Belvedere, like all those shows definitely like it brought it together and i was like oh my gosh i can do that so you start thinking this is a path for you and yet you're half a world away from hollywood at that point what were the steps you took to break in because you've achieved the near impossible i think <laughs> in a lot of ways have i i mean i guess an extent yeah i mean like a lot of people that i know that are in in the industry their family their parents mm-hmm. are definitely like involved in them making it to a specific point like series regular films etc cetera, etc cetera. Looking back at things, I'm definitely like, yeah, man, I'm lucky. You know, I get to work and I I can't wait after this pandemic is over. I was working on a television series that I can't even talk about that hopefully will bring my career to another level. That's great. So that's why I can't wait for it's over because I was signed on for a decent amount of episodes. And so hopefully when it ends, I'll go back and film my last episode and it'll air. So Oh, so you guys already shot a bunch of it. Yeah, I shot a bunch of it. And then the minute the pandemic happened, which was what, March? Yeah. March 12th, I was supposed to shoot the end of last week of March. And that was my last episode. And they had to cut it at March 15th. 
Oh my God. That's a good thing for you though, man. Cause they're already invested. They're going to finish it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> or have a, like a to be continued. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either way, it's going to hit the air. That's great, man. Yeah. I can't wait. So I guess I got my start in San Diego after traveling so much with my family and my dad finally got stationed in San Diego. That's where I got my start. My dad didn't know where to really put me, so we signed up for one of those John Robert Powers type of thing, Mm -hmm. and it was like a pay to see all these agencies. And you know, some people think it's a scam, some people don't, but at that time, when I was in San Diego, that's all there really was. So during that time, after we had a showcase, I got in touch with the agency that happened to be like legitimate, and I had my first audition for like Power Rangers back then. Didn't get it, of course, but it was just like such a huge opportunity. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be wearing a suit and learn how to do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, you you don't think about contracts or anything like that. Or the fact that you would have been a Power Ranger. (laughs) It's it's exciting at the time, but after a while, you're like, damn it, I'm still a Power Ranger. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I booked a couple good commercials out there, like with the Chargers and Junior Seahouse was doing like – he was an ex-football player for the Chargers who was doing like spa commercials and stuff like that, you know, local commercials. So I got to book stuff like that for spas and uh, something called an industrial, which is like where companies like Epson or Dell do in-house videos for right. training. Right. I was able to, to book a lot of those type of things where it was like teleprompting and acting involved. So that's where I really got my start. And then at the end of high school, Veronica Mars was filming in San Diego and a casting director who cast me in all those commercials was working on that TV show. So then she called me in and after auditioning a couple of times, I finally got a part and, you know, it was off to the races from then. That's so great, man. It's such an organic progression, too. I like how just step by step you got closer. And then, of course, you did parts on. The Big Bang Theory, Good Girls, The Morning Show. This is huge, man. That's, you know, that's, (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great experience. Like every time I book a role, it's just so re-gratifying on how far I've come, how many fans I've made within the industry that do appreciate me putting time and effort into like, whether it be 10 lines, whether it be three lines, whether it be a recurring part, whether it be a one-off, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's not about just booking the role for me anymore. It's about booking the room. Right. And that just shows up and down through my career. So I've been very, very lucky in that case. That's fascinating, man. I I like that idea of booking the room where the audition isn't just for the part, of course, but it's for the network. And by network, I mean the people that you interface with that may remember you for another gig or something else down the road, or they're just good people to know. So let's talk about that philosophy a little bit. Like as a creative professional, like what keeps you in the game and and how have you been able to manage, you know, those energies and the sort of up and down of working in the arts? I think one thing that's really helped me is seeing friends that I've seen in acting class 10 years ago. When I moved to Los Angeles, I was part of an acting class, small group of people. We all kind of moved here at the same time, 21, 22 ish. Mm-hmm. All had a little bit of credits here and there, but there's a core group of us, and two of them are series regulars on shows now, and the rest are like either back at their hometown, not working on anything, or behind the scenes, or in management. Yeah, when it comes to you know the business, so 
I'm one of the few. Two of my friends are on different shows. Jessica Marie Garcia, she was on On My Block. Yeah. Plays one of the girls on that show. And then my boy, Louis Tan, he's going to be on the new Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. But also, you know, his family has been in the business. His dad was an assistant director on Pirates of the Caribbean, all that stuff. But he's worked his ass off. Yeah. So that goes without saying, you know what I mean? I'm and people like them keep on telling me, like, Dre, you're you're just next. You know what I mean? You're just next up. That definitely keeps me going. A really good friend of mine who was in class with me is also my manager now. So he's moved up in the world as management. He was with a company called Barry Katz. I don't know if you know who Barry Katz is. I, I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he went under that umbrella, learned under him, and I was under that umbrella as well. And that's how I've been able to move in front of these type of people and keep coached with specific acting coaches. And they definitely really helped me hone my craft. And now I'm off to uh, another agency and management group to help move my career forward. So it's just a matter of time and staying in it. Yeah, I'm sure there have been crossroads moments where you're like, well, time to go back to San Diego, <laughs> right? Oh, all the time. Even today, I'm like, oh, man, if nothing <laughs> happens today, I'm out of here. You're like, oh, I got to talk to this Daedalus Hell guy on Skype. It's over. <laughs> I blew it. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> this is it. That's the last stop. <laughs> yeah. After this interview, I'm drinking a margarita. That's it. <laughs> I'm done with the Internet. <laughs> right. But um, when you face those moments, like, how do you talk yourself back into the game? I mean, how do you keep in it? Uh, one, you have to literally put your phone down. You have to shut your computer off. You have to do something that's not business related, that's not entertainment related. I don't even turn on the TV sometimes just because, you know, that's what you want to do. And Instagram, social media, et cetera, has such a play on your mindset on comparing yourself to others. So we are definitely in a world where we have to social media numbers matter, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't grow up during that time. Yeah. So I definitely just turn it off, shut it down and either exercise or find some other way of uh, read a book, read a play. That's one way that I've been getting myself remotivated. I, like I have stacks of plays in my garage and I was just like, man, I'm in quarantine. I'm auditioning every once in a while, but Hey, you know, let me just read a play. Cause it, it definitely opens your mind up for imagination and knowing what these type of people went through, whether it's real or not. So that's what I definitely do. That's great. And you just reminded me, like, auditioning right now, how do you even do it? It's remote. So there are Zoom auditions here and there where you will literally get on a call like I am with you on mm -hmm. Skype or Zoom, and the director will be across online and talk to you about what they want, what they're looking for. At that point, you're more of a, like, at a callback booking stage. Mm -hmm. And they just want to feel you, you know what I mean? And you have okay. to be as personable as possible, not nervous, as easy as that sounds or as hard as that sounds, and just be yourself and just deliver the work. I've been lucky enough to have a couple great auditions for a couple great things, and you never know what's going to happen with it. But it's just all about experience. And I think the studios are finding ways of opening back up. So like next week, I booked uh, a really good job through... I know you're still talking about acting, but I'm veering off to the cooking side. Yes, that's on my horizon. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I booked a branding deal okay. with because I'm also a chef. I'm house trained. I'm not professionally trained, although I've worked in a lot of hospitality restaurants in my life. I got a branding deal through them with Grubhub. That's so great. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I shoot next week. I got tested for COVID. I'm negative and I'm staying inside just to, you know, be safe and 
when I go shoot, it's just going to be me, the DP who handles the camera, and the director. And then everybody from Grubhub and Tastemate will be at a remote location, and they'll be able to talk to me from a different area. Well, congrats on that. That's so great. So yeah, you brought us into this. The cooking part, you are a chef. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not uncommon for creative people to have more than one passion and be excellent at something. But acting and being a chef, I mean, obviously food shows are a no-brainer for you, right? right? How did this begin? When, like, <laughs> Well, just like being overseas, I'm half black, half Filipino. My mom's Filipino. She's super fobby, fresh off the boat. She has Filipino accent. <laughs> she talks like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Andre. You had look so skinny, come eat, you know, like I was started learning to cook when I was seven. Yeah. Just had the love for it since then. And being around so many different types of women that can cook really gave me the aspiration to do so. I, I don't know. I just it just some things come naturally to certain people. And that definitely wasn't art that came naturally to me. I'm definitely a, a people pleaser in that way. And it's one easy way to, to impress women. So <laughs> I was a jokester to an extent, and I was never really a big flirt. But I was like, oh, girl, I can cook. That's right. You know? <laughs> You'll never go hungry with me. So, so that was my pickup line. That's great. And so opportunities like this, you're like first in line for, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. So what's next? So yeah, I know you have the series already in the can that you had a lot of participation in and you're waiting for the next step with that one. You've got the Grubhub thing happening, which is huge. What's the plan further on? I mean, are you into features? Where do you see your career going? And I know also that you produce your own content too. Is there like yeah. a directorial pivot coming up maybe? I'm mostly looking into getting more into writing. Oh. Meaning uh, pilots. Yeah. So based on my experience, not only as an actor and working in TV and the experience I got on the the cooking show through Tastemade, well, I finished writing a 30-minute pilot called Gravy, where it follows a young woman who has her own daytime cooking show and she suffers from mental illness and she gets fired from her daytime cooking show because of her outlashes and has to find her own restaurant. So it's a mixture of like the morning show meets burnt meat chef. I love it. So, but yeah. TV. Yeah. And character's name is Danny Daytime, and I'm looking to work that out and work out the kinks and meet certain types of people that can help me fulfill that dream of mine to have my own series. Yeah, that's a great pitch. And I wonder, is it easier as an actor to break in as a writer? I mean... <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying my writing is bad at all. It's not at all. It's just like trying to get into SAG, I'd say, Screen Actors Guild. It's like there's a wall and someone has to vouch for you to get over that hump. So it's just I put my stuff on specific writing sites and platforms where I can get judged through different festivals and stuff like that, which is going really well. Yeah. But I guess it just takes time and who's looking at what, who's interested in what. I'm just still navigating that field. It's Cool, though, with the new management situation you're pursuing, I mean, you could be a triple threat or quadruple threat. You could be an actor, writer, director, and chef. I don't know what else there is to be at that point because it's kind of like perfection, right? I mean, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I would hope so. It's like, can't say no to me now. That's, right. <laughs> that's the point. You've been so good where they can't say no or you don't have to introduce yourself anymore. And that's right. the point I get to. There's also the possibility of, you know, you're the Grubhub guy. I mean, that can help. No, I mean that in a good way. I mean, like it is a good, it's a good, you know. Trust me, I'll take it. I'd be happy to be like, 
who that finger snapping guy who was that <laughs> oh yeah 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 that, that guy. guy exactly <laughs> i would not mind doing that at all i think it's great you I know mean, better that than a power ranger i'm just saying oh you ain't lying <laughs> You're not lying. I'm just being a jerk. I don't know why I'm saying it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, not, not at all. Not at all. It's funny that um, my girlfriend, she goes salsa dancing, and she says she sees the guy, I believe he used to be the Black Power Ranger, uh-huh. all the time. Did he have the part you would have gotten? Was it from that era? I don't know specifically, oh but <laughs> just speaking of Power Rangers, it's just so funny that flash forward, she sees him all the time, and like... He gets all the girls because he was on Power Rangers. So I was ah, like, there you go. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. That's so great. I had a friend who house sat for a Power Ranger. Uh, I think the pink one. And then they ended up hosting Thanksgiving there. And I'm like, I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> what that's are we doing? Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been really great talking with the man. And I'm stoked for everything that's going on. And, and uh, if you could give us one piece of advice to the creative entrepreneurs out there and, and the, uh, the people trying to do great things, what would you say? I would say don't stop researching who you want to become. Researching. I like that. Because it doesn't end. You, you evolve. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, for a second there, I thought you were going to say, don't stop believing. I'm like, wow, he went there. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. It's my karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop researching is great because that also implies, yeah, you have to grow and you have to keep learning and deciding who you want to be, especially as an artist. I think it's great. Well, Andre, pleasure. I uh, hope to talk to you again and keep us posted. To learn more about actor, producer, and chef Andre Boyer, visit andrearboyer.com. That's Andre, R, B-O-Y-E-R.com. You can find me at dhowell.com, and I hope you do, making some interesting changes in that old website that I hope you'll enjoy. And of course, go to the mother site, storygram.com. That's storygram with two M's and an E.com, because we're awesome like that. And now I say goodbye. Catch you later, bleeders. These short teasers are excerpts from comedian Aiden Park's book, The Art of Being Yay. Think self-empowerment with a comedic twist. These are tough times we're all going through. Who couldn't use a little mental health wellness and laughter? For more of The Art of Being Yay, visit AidenPark.com. That's A-I-D-A-N. P-A-R-K dot com. Sponsored by The Laugh Cellar and Storygram Podcast Network. Reticular activating system will delete, distort, and generalize all incoming information to match the belief that you already hold. It is a scary, powerful part of your brain. And that is why it's so important to be really aware of your belief systems. Because if you are not aware of your belief systems, then the reticular activation system will work Anyway, well, a lot of us go through life like we make up our minds about what we believe to be true and we just look for evidence of that being true to strengthen our pre-existing beliefs. Where actually many of us are not open to new incoming information. If you're not aware of this pattern, then you'll just go strengthening beliefs that you already hold. And this is where fake news comes from. Because people already have decided that they know something for sure. And so any information that comes in that is contrary to what they're already holding is considered fake news. Fake news.